The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. 60 seconds after you die. Can you imagine the other side, the unknown? Heaven is real. So is hell. Imagine heaven. It's better than that. To be made new, forever changed, transformed, and ushered into His presence. The holy city of God. Finally knowing what it's like. What is life and light of eternity? Your soul will never die. So what awaits after all of this life? That is eternity. All right, well, we spent the first three weeks of this message uh, talking about the rich man and Lazarus. We're going to move away from that today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, the Apostle Paul asked two questions that concern all of us. And uh, here it is, but some will say, how are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? So in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is writing to a group of Christians who were struggling with the issue of life after death. And all they were, they were living just a, about 20-something years after the resurrection of Christ. They're thinking about life and death was influenced greatly by their culture. And I think we're probably in the same boat that they were in. Uh, years ago, you may have grew up in a church or you may have been in a church that had the Apostles' Creed. I remember when I was growing up in the front of our hymnals, we had those green Broadman hymnals. And in the front of them, there was a, a sticker in every one of them, and it said the Apostles' Creed. And part of that says, I believe in the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. That was part of that creed. Recent surveys have shown that about 30% of Americans all believe in reincarnation. Now this morning, if we were to ask, uh, 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 take a poll, what does reincarnation mean? We may get a lot of different ideals, but that's really still a prevalent thought today among Americans. And it's kind of hard for us to believe, but, but what reincarnation really, well, it really is, is it's a belief that every individual soul comes back in various human bodies over the course of history. That's what it believes. It, we talk about, well, you might come back as an insect or something. That's really not what, what reincarnation talks about. It, it's really a belief that, that various human bodies have different souls, and they come back, and they, this body receives a, a new soul. Now, why would, why would anybody think that? Here's the reason people think that. The purpose of this is that you will come back right now. We're, we're imperfect. So when we die, we would be buried, we'd be reincarnated into another body, and we would be a little bit better. And then when that body died, we would, we would be reincarnated into another body, and that body would be a little bit better. And finally, you would be perfect. Through the process of reincarnation, you finally become perfect, and at that point you can go to heaven. Now, as, as crazy as that sounds, here's the, here's the worst part. 
When you're reincarnated, you don't remember what you've done wrong in the first life to know if you can correct it in the second. So it's just a process that you, you just go along, and at some point, reincarnations, uh, those that believe that think at some point, everything's going to line up, and you're going to get it right, and you're going to be perfect. Well, that's, that's kind of the, the thought. It's even harder for me to understand that about 20%, according to Gallup, polls say born-again evangelical Christians believe in reincarnation. Isn't that hard to believe? Because when we think about reincarnation, it makes absolutely no sense because reincarnation is directly contrary to God's Word. So those 20% claiming to be Christians say, yeah, I believe there may be some, some part of reincarnation. Uh, even among Americans who believe in the resurrection of the dead... Uh, two-thirds of those people say, well, I think there's a reincarnation. That's according to, to Randy Alcorn. And I, a, lot of thing, a lot of these quotes that I'll have, and I'm not going to refer to that every time, I, I would welcome you to come and I can show you what are his quotes. is His and John Hamby and uh, a couple of other people that, that have put some of these things together. But, but to think about that, two-thirds that believe in the resurrection believe that there may be some type of, of, of reincarnation that takes place, which is, which is really hard to believe. So on our, on our eternity, uh, series on eternity, we've covered about, about three different areas. Water weights, disaster, death was one of the things. And, and we need to realize that death is an abnormal condition. Do you know that? Uh, originally, uh, we, were, we were created to live forever, and when sin entered, it tore apart what God created. God created man in His own image. He gave us the breath of life breathed to us from God. And, and we were created in His image to live forever. And, and sin came and, it, and death came as a result of sin. And it tore apart what God had created. And, and when we begin to think about God intended our bodies to last as, as long as, as, as creation... We may ask, why doesn't that happen? And the, the problem is, the reason we're dying and decaying and the reason things happen to our body uh, is not because our body's wearing out. It's because we're infected with, with sin. We've been infected with death. And even though we get a, a new spirit within us when we're born again, these bodies are still infected and they're still decaying. And that's going to take place until Christ returns again. So, so when we look at this, the Bible, the doctrine of the, the resurrection is an affirmation about our spiritual and physical unity that God had created and He put together. So, so God says there's going to be a time... That, that your spirit and your soul are going to be raised up and it's going to be joined together with your body and, and that's going to be the body I intended you to have from the time of creation and, and from that point you're going to live for eternity. This morning some of you might care less about what's going to happen to your body after you die. You're just hoping to get enough uh, steroids or aspirin or icy hot or duct tape, whatever you got to hold yourself together just to get to death. I mean, that's the way some of you are. And I, I'm kind of the same way. Our old bodies are going to be gone and we don't really care about that. That's okay. But just know this, at one point, uh, our, our physical bodies that we have now is going to be resurrected. 
Don't think that's bad news. That's why we're talking about this morning. In one day, we're going we're gonna to experience the extreme makeover. You know, you can go watch TV and it talks about the extreme makeovers. We're going to have the extreme makeovers and we can look forward to this new body. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about our new body. We're going to be transformed for life in heaven. So what is that going to look like when we're transformed? For some of us, when we say that, we might say, well, I, I, it kind of scares me, this, transforma- this transformation. So, so what are we going to look like? And, and we've kind of hit the ground running this morning because we're, we're down to 20 minutes minutes here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move through these things pretty quick. The first thing is we're being transformed for life in heaven. Uh, we're going to have a new body, and this new body is going to be real. Okay, I said earlier, don't, don't believe anything I tell you unless you can find it in Scripture, so I'm going to give you some Scriptures that deal with these ideals that, that our body is going to be real, and we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and, and down in verse 36... Here's, here's what it says, foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. Now, death is necessary for the resurrection, okay? Death is necessary for the resurrection. This, this word that we see here, what is, what is sown, sown here in this application means buried. So we think about, uh, it's obvious, it seems it's obvious that there's, there's no need for a resurrection if nothing has died, and, and yet, the next idea here, yet part of the old is still part of the new. Now look at this scripture, 37 and 38. And what you sow, you do not sow that the body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. So when we read this, and Paul is talking, and if you're like me, I say this a lot, I have to read things two or three times sometimes for it to ever really sink in. I'm not going to stand here and read that to you three or four times, but as you have time, sit down and really read and study and look at what Paul's saying. He's talking about planting a seed. He uses that that uh, illustration of planting a seed, and, and what he means about a relationship between you and the old you and the new you. He says there's a, there's, a, there's a part of the new, yet there's a part of the old. And he talks about being buried. And the seed, he says, doesn't look like the fruit that it will produce. Now, who knows what this is? Christopher, throw that up there for us. Some of you will know. Who knows what that is? Other than, yeah, it's not. Don't look at the back. Does anybody know what that is? Huh? Palm granites? Anybody else? Christopher knows. Raisinets. John and Denise are not going to say. That's a big clue. Pat's not here, so he's not going to say. Go to the next picture. That's the seed, and that's the fruit. That's delinted. Yeah, it's it's delinted and it's treated, but it's cotton seed. So... So to take what Paul is saying here and to try to put a visual, uh, a visual explanation on it is Paul says what we plant, part of what we plant is, is going to be part of who we are, yet when we are raised, we're going to be a, a different person. We're going to be a different thing. In other words, he's saying we're going to become more than we are. 
You know, when we look at this picture that's up here right now, we don't see a, a pair of blue jeans or we don't see a, a set of sheets for a bed or we don't see everything that could be. We see the fruit, and in that fruit, that fruit's going to produce many things. And that can be true of, of many other ideals, uh, 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 pumpkin seeds or okra seeds, or, or you can make many things out of that one seed. Well, well Paul is telling us, hey, we're going we're gonna to sow this body. This body is going to be buried. But when it's resurrected, it's going to be resurrected as a perfect thing. With inside of each one of these cotton bowls, there's, a, there's another seed there. But that's part of the old, yet part of the new. And, and for us to get in our mind that when we're resurrected, our new body is going to be more than we can ever imagine. But it's still going to be part of who we are and what we are. Joni Erickson Tata, I'm, I'm sure some of you have probably heard of her. Some of you may not have heard of her. But she was paralyzed in a diving accident. And she explains it this way. Somewhere in my broken, paralyzed body is the seed of what I shall become. This paralysis makes me what I am to become after the more grand... Boy, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? The paralysis makes what I am to become all the more grand when you contrast withered, useless legs against splendorous, resurrected legs. I am convinced that if there are mirrors in heaven, and why not... The image I'll see will be unmistakably Joni, although a much brighter and a much brighter Joni. See, what she explains is, hey, in our resurrected body, it's going to be us, but, but it's going to be a much better us. Does anybody just kind of feel bad sometimes and you go and work or you stand all day and you, you're sore and all of these different things? The, the, the Lord says, I'm going to give you a new body and it's going to be all you could be. Now here's the second thing. Our new body, will it be recognizable? Sure it will. Most of us uh, have asked that question or heard that question asked. Will we know our loved one? Will they know us? What will our resurrected body look like? And what will it look like? And, and the only real example we have is Jesus' resurrected body. You know, He came back to earth and He walked for 40 days on the earth. And, and in His resurrected body, there were some changes but he was still Jesus. He still looked like Jesus. People still recognized him. And, and as he was going around, uh, people would see him. And, and there was even some things left over from his old body. Remember he had scars? And what was it Thomas said? Unless I can see the scars, unless I can put my hand in his side and see the scars. So, so Jesus had a resurrected body. It was a little bit different because some didn't recognize him right off. But when they began to talk with him, when they began to commune with him, they recognized it was his same body. It was the same Jesus. We think about our resurrected body. I'm not saying that we're going to be little Jesuses running around, but we're going to be resurrected as Jesus was resurrected. And we're going to look like He has created us to be. There's a missionary, Amy Carmichael. She wrote, Shall we know each other in heaven? Shall we love and remember? I don't think one, need to want, one needs to wonder about this or doubt it for a single moment. For if we just think, we can know. Would you be yourself if you didn't remember? We're told that we shall be like Jesus, our Lord Jesus, and does He not know and love and remember? He would not be Himself if He did not 
And we would not be ourselves if we did not know, if we didn't remember, if we didn't retain kind of who we are. When the resurrected Lord Jesus, when He came back, He was a little different. His friends didn't recognize Him right off, but He was in His resurrected body. Folks, that's good news for us. I just keep going back to the point of realizing that we're going to have a a perfect body. And that's kind of my next point here is, is when we're resurrected, this new body is going to be radically different. Y'all remember the seed, the seed that was planted? It, it, it's still there. It, it, it comes back. It's radically changed, but it's still who it was. And this is the second question that Paul, he, he anticipates this kind of question about the body, so he, he answers it. Here's a few things about the body, and this is my last point this morning, but listen. Our new body will be indestructible. Isn't that going to be great? It's going to be indestructible. Verse 42 We're still in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So also is a resurrection of the dead. This body which is sown in corruption will be raised in incorruption. We're going to be be indestructible in our new bodies. Man, somebody ought to just say, Amen. If you worked all day yesterday out in the yard or whatever you were doing and you went to bed last night and your back sore and your feet sore and your arms and your hands are sore, that's where I am. Boy, I laid down last night. I think I was hurting all over. And you may say, Oh, Jake, you don't have a clue what's coming. Well, I've heard that before. But, but listen, our bodies are going to be indestructible. If my body were a car... This is the time I'd be thinking about retrading it for a newer model. I've got bumps and dents and scratches in my finish, and my paint job's getting a little dull. But that's not the worst of it. My headlights are out of focus, and it's especially hard to see things up close. My traction is not as graceful as it once was. I slip and slide and skid and bump into things, even in the best of weather. My white walls are stained with varicose veins, and it takes me hours to reach my maximum speed, and my fuel rate burns inefficiently. But here's the worst of it. Almost every time I sneeze, cough, or sputter, either my radiator leaks or my exhaust backfires. That's the bad thing that, that we come up with. Now, I want to tell you something. I told that in a safety conference in Dallas, and 30 minutes later... There was a lady still laughing, and I had to ask her to leave. I said, you're disrupting the whole program, lady. She was, she was one of them laughing at a funeral last. You know, she was just... <laughs> and this was 30 minutes later. But the thing, it, it was so funny for her because she said, that's me. I've lived that. I'm living that. I'm living it in my old body. And, and Paul says, in our new resurrected bodies, we will be indestructible. It won't be like the old bodies we have. Our current bodies, they wear out. We get old and we begin to notice that, that things don't work like they used to. And, and the things that, that don't work, well, the, they, if they hurt or they work, if they don't hurt, they probably don't even work anymore. That's kind of where we are in our bodies. But Paul says, hey, remember this. You're going to have a new body. We watch TV, everyone wants a new body. We have all kinds of ideals that, that says, hey, restore, stop the aging process, restore that, that, that skin that you once had, restore this, redo this. You know what? Our bodies are decaying. Now, we may slow it down, we may cover it up with a good coat of paint, but you know what? It's still decaying. And literally, we're wearing out, but Paul says, wait a minute, your new body's not going to wear out. 
Boy, we're going to be in the best shape that we've ever been in. Isn't that going to be great? Don't take my word for it. That's what the Bible says about our resurrected body. Here's the second thing. Our new body will be glorious in verse 43. What is sown in dishonor, it will be raised in glory. That word glory means brilliance. Our body will be raised in brilliance. It'll be glorious like the body of Christ. Philippians 3.21, Paul says, Who will be transformed, our lower body, that it may be conformed to His glorious body, according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. Do you hear what Paul says? He said these bodies will be transformed, these lowly bodies will be transformed and conformed into a glorious body according to the work that Christ Jesus has done. This will be our body. Here's the third thing. Our new body will be powerful. It says in verse 43, the second part of that verse, it's sown in weakness, but it's raised in power. We're going to have powerful bodies. We're going to possess a new body with abilities beyond our imagination. I believe that's what the Bible is telling us. When, when Jesus was with His disciples... Now, I'm not saying we're going to have this power. You remember they were locked up in a room hoping nobody found them? And Jesus came walking into the room, and the Bible says he just walked through the door. I just, that just knocks me down. I think about Jesus, and, and I think about Jesus thinking and praying and, and ministering and coming up, and he's thinking, my disciples are in here, and, and uh, I'm going to go in there and talk to them. He didn't think about just opening the door and walking. He just walked on in. Remember his disciples out in the boat, and the Bible says he was praying, and he was talking to the Father, and he just started walking on the water. That, that, that to me, it's just, it, it, it's, when we look at that and, and think about Jesus, I just think about he's thinking, I'm not concerned with waters and doors and all those things. i got much more important business. I'm not saying that we'll have powers like that, but I'm saying this. The Bible says that we're going to be raised in power. We're going to have abilities. We're going to know things. We're going to see things. We're going to do things even better than we've ever dreamed of. That's our resurrected body. Here's the fourth thing. Our new body will be infinite. Verse 44a says, it's sown a natural body, but it's raised a spiritual body. Now, here's where people trip up sometimes. People look at that and say, okay, it says we're going to have a spiritual body. That doesn't mean we're going to be spirits. It doesn't mean that we're going to be floating around like a ghost. Matter of fact, Jesus said in Luke 24, 39, and this is the New Living Translation, He reassured the disciples, hey, I'm not a ghost. You remember what they said? They said, is He a ghost? He said, I'm not a ghost. I, I'm, I'm living in a, in a spiritual resurrected body, still recognized by His apostles. So when we have that ideal of, of ghosts and, and spirits floating around in the sky and laying on clouds and playing harps and eating pomegranates, well, that's not it. That's just something that, that somebody in Hollywood's come up with some kind of ideal and thought, that's kind of cute. That's kind of cute for that fairy tale about heaven. The Bible doesn't say that, but it says our body is going to be powerful. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be recognizable. And it's going to be infinite. R.A. Torrey says, We will not be disembodied spirits coming into this world, but we'll be redeemed spirits in a redeemed body in a redeemed universe. And we will be raised with a body suitable for our new life. Isn't that great? 
Here's the last thing. Number four, our body is received at Christ's return. Paul's answer is the question, who will, the resurrected, who will be resurrected and when? Verses 51 and 52 says this, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, we'll all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, when this trumpet sounds, for the trumpet will sound and the dead in uh, Christ will be raised incorruptible. And we that remain, we're going to be caught up together with Him in the cloud and we'll all be changed. The dead in Christ will rise first. There'll be a new glorified bodies. Those who are still living, they're, they're going to be followed up and, and we're going to be transformed just like that seed we looked at. We're going to be transformed into all that we could be, into all our potential, powerful and mighty and strong and glorious. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, it says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will be raised first. And then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord forever in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Benjamin Franklin, his epitaph, while he was still young, he had this written. And I think it really catches the ideal of what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 15. Here's what it says. The body of B. Franklin, printer, like the cover of an old book, its contents torn out and stripped of its lettering and gilding lies here. Food for worms, but the work shall not be lost, for at for it will appear once more in a new and more elegant edition, revised and corrected by the author. That's kind of the ideal of, of what 1 Corinthians 15 is talking about. These bodies we live in, they're decaying, they're, they're going away, they're wearing out because of this infection of sin. But one of these days, Christ is going to come He's going to make a call. Those in dead in Christ shall be raised up. Those who still remain will be caught up together, will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, to become all that God wants us to be. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, I pray this morning as we consider just being transformed for life into heaven, we, we think about that, that glorious change that will take place. Father, I pray that... Uh, through your word, we can understand some things about heaven. We'll be known as we're known. We'll have a body that's been planted but been raised up in all that it can be. Glorious and powerful. Strong and perfect. Father, I pray that as we consider heaven and we consider eternity, I pray, Lord, that we would turn our eyes, we would turn our minds towards you, and Father, that in this life, we would share the good news of eternity, every opportunity we have with those we love, with those we meet, and even with those we don't like, that we would take every opportunity you give us to share the good news of eternity, and I pray this in the name of Jesus, amen.